Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Maiden Hastings podcast. I'm Jamie Jusper. With me, as always, is Zach Menace. And uh, we have a great guest today. He is an artist, and uh, um, he's a stud. You know him, you love him. He's Lurk. What's up, man? Yo, what's up, guys? How you doing? Doing all right, man. Doing as good as I can, you know? Yeah. Nice to see you, man. Yeah, nice to see you guys, for sure. Thanks a lot for getting me on here. No problem. So let's let's uh, let's get things started by. I mean, tell us where you're at right now. You're in. You're you're on Vancouver Island. Yeah, in Dimension X. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Nanaimo. Sorry, Nanaimo, as they call it. Nanaimo, Surrey by the Sea. That's right, Dimension Surrey. I was just gonna <laughs> say the first time Jamie said Surrey by the Sea to me, I was I was like, wow, that's so poetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm on the island though. The island's great, man. We're we're fucking. It's easy for us to lock down, you know. Yeah, I guess so. Eh? I, I was thinking about the island when this whole thing first hit, and I was wondering, like, man, that would be just cut off the ferries, let them be, just they're and they're good. But I guess there was, I guess yeah. you're late for the punch on that. We got five people in hospital. That's all. That's it. Yeah. So that's that's like that's really surprisingly low. Yeah, yeah. the island the island has actually done really well. I noticed that in uh, when we get our British Columbia updates, and the yeah. island is doing great. And it. which is why a lot of people on the island are uh, in the communities on the island are saying, don't come here. We don't want you yeah. here. So we're totally. doing great. <laughs> and I I'd get it, man. Shit if I was there, fuck that. We're doing like a mini New Zealand, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, it's great. Cool. It's great, though. It's, I mean, I stay at home all the time anyway, so it's no different than me. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, so you, you probably you're, have you're... your studio at home and shit like that. So you, you work from yeah. home. Yeah. I've got a separate building on my property, and that's my little studio. So, I mean, I was here like more than part-time anyway. I own a tattoo studio as well, but uh, I was at home all the time pretty much. Oh, okay. Do you tattoo as well or you just own the studio? Yeah, I've been tattooing for about 18 years. Oh, wow. I I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't know you were a tattooer. That's amazing. I, I, I keep learned. it separate. He, he did this on me, bro. Oh, okay. I mean, I've was, seen that I, piece. The story between this tattoo is li I literally sat down and he just sharpied this on me and did it. And I barely looked down. Wow. Yeah, it was fun. That's cool, man. I had no idea. That's great, man. Yeah, man. I, yeah. I've been tattooing a long time, dude. It's just, I kind of keep the things separate. Like lots of people that know I tattoo don't even know I do the lurk thing and then vice versa. Not because I'm trying to hide it. It's just, it's just the way it worked out. Like work was work at first, you know what I mean? With tattooing. And yeah. I'd always just be working on my artwork at home afterwards kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Well, one of my favorite tattooers is on the island as well. He's in Victoria. His name is D-Boy. Yeah, yeah. I'm friends with D-Boy. Yeah. Oh, are you? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D-Boy, he's a good I guy. I knew you guys would have friends, man. There's no way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dylan's all right, man. He's a good guy. He just had a hip replacement. He did? Yeah. Fuck. I, I didn't even hear that. He just hit me up and told me that he's selling one of his bikes, though. So. Yeah um but uh and you know i gotta be honest it kind of got me mm. i build bikes and and uh and i know i know all about that bike that he's selling and um so i know how much money is in that thing and i was like uh, but i don't need to be buying any toys right now but. <laughs> that's the hard thing i, I feel like i kind of want to buy more things right now but i'm not making any money you know yeah right it's it's uh it's a weird time right now yeah. for sure so how is it for how is it being an artist in this lurk i know like i mean i know the tattoo shops closed down obviously and all mm -hmm. this but uh but but how's how's the universe of lurk doing uh i'm not pushing it it's weird i've got I, i'm kind of doing the um the opposite of what most people would do in this situation i don't know why but i feel and i go into trouble with somebody saying this out loud but uh i feel kind of cheesy selling things right now because i just think i'm so in like unimportant in what's going on in the world yeah, fair. I mean, I understand. <clears throat> Pardon me. I understand the feeling, but at the same time, um, buying things like art and sneakers and stuff like that for me right now feels good. You know, yeah. like it kind of gives me some sort of sense of normality. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I think maybe if you, you know, if you do decide to sell some art during this, you'll probably be giving somebody some normality. You know? Yeah, so that's what I did. So like, I kind of like put some things on my threadless store. So then I don't have to deal with the shipping. The other thing is like the shipping on the island's already a nightmare, but oh. dur during this, it's a it's a hell of a nightmare. So I've been doing commission work for people. So it's not like I haven't been working, but I'm also trying to keep my work like under a thousand dollars a month so I can get that um, serb payment, right? 
because then I can get the two thousand dollars from the government and I can make the thousand. Now and you can if chill. I make, well, <laughs> but the well chill. But like the problem being is like, dude, if you make twelve hundred dollars, you lose the two thousand. Right. So Fair. I've kind of like you know what I mean. If like one month was kind of like slow. Uh, it's not going to work. Are they you know paying attention to Serb that much? Like, I haven't, I don't know anything don't about know. it. Is it? Yeah, no. I mean, like, I kind of do everything super by the book. I always have when it comes to financial stuff. Um, yeah, I remember when we were working on future grown up stuff, you were all about, I remember being yeah, like, all right, man, whatever you need. Yeah, you weren't used to it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel, I feel fucking like it, it's the only thing that I'm a total square about, but so far it's set me up financially really well in my life. You know what I mean? But it's the one thing that I'm like kind of a fucking square about is I just, I do everything. I pay all my own tax. I pay my taxes. I don't fuck around. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very rare that like, I just take some cash for a painting, like very rare, you know? Wow. Right. Government. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I fucking forgot what I was going to say. Well, here I wanted to take a second just to just to kind of introduce uh, Lurk. If, if for anybody who's not uh, familiar with you, Lurk, you're you're. I mean, you have a long history in being an artist, long history in being a tattoo artist. You're from uh, England. I'm not exactly sure where. Moved to yeah. moved to BC here, however many years ago. Um, your uh, your Instagram, Lurk loves you, is awesome. Like, thanks, man. Like you, you as an artist are two different. Like Jamie and I have spent a lot of time kind of getting into this like gallery world of artists, and which is yeah, great. Yeah. And I've met a lot of them, and they're awesome. And you fuck with a lot of galleries as well. Like you did the Roto Roto Fugi, or I can't yeah, in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, in Chicago, and 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 lots more beyond that. But you're also this artist that's kind of created his own little universe and really used Instagram to his to, to the maximum capacity. I think that a lot of visual artists can. Yeah. Um, and I mean. I, I guess I don't really have a follow-up to that. I just want to give people an idea of uh, of who you are and where you come from. Like, I mean, the, even yeah. the piece that's right behind you right now is one of my favorite from you. I was I was looking at it last time I was there. Yeah, yeah, that piece is uh, still got a little bit to go. It's about um, getting close to a hundred hours. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah, wow, it's crazy. But I mean, yeah, like Instagram was the thing. Like Instagram was the thing for all artists at first, right? I mean. The thing that's happened with Instagram recently, and I speak to artists like daily, right? Like I'm on, that's, I don't really follow any other accounts other than artists. And you're very and, knowledgeable on algorithms for artists as well and how things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like, I think I am, but who knows what's the truth of all that shit as well. But um, yeah, it's just, it's, Instagram's dead. It's done. Like that's, that's the way I look at it right now. Really? But, yeah, it's done. I mean, there's, there's, there's nobody's using it the way that you want them to, I think is what I mean by that. So before, before it was completely oversaturated, you would interact with people a lot more through comments, through messages, through the likes or whatever the fuck it was, right? Now, like I'm speaking to people that I'm on about like, are like juxtapose front cover artists that are getting nothing. Just people might like it, but I think what's happened is this motion and this motion has trained us to disconnect from what we're actually looking at and interacting with. So you're just actually going through it and you're not really, it, it's like- Not really taking it in? You're not taking it in, yeah. yeah. That's what we've been saying for a while. Instagram is almost this kind of, I mean, Instagram's great in a lot of ways for everybody. Sure. But I mean, I think for visual artists, there's this pocket of people that kind of treat it like the inside of their locker. Right, yeah. where they're right in high school, where it's just their favorite images, and they follow people because they want to follow it, and all that. And it's great. I'm not, yeah, yeah, not people for doing it, follow those images and all that stuff. But for oh. the visual artists, at one point in time, followers meant some sort of money, or money, trouble. or like money, or like opportunity to do something else, right? And yeah. I think, I think that's, I think that's the thing that's changed. It's like it's just oversaturated, or it's like there's too much distraction as well. I keep saying, like, if somebody could afford the servers to actually run an app, you can make an app for artists. I spoke to a fucking company that make legit apps and they said they could make an Instagram style app for artists that you could like message and comment and all the same sort of shit, 50 grand, super cheap. But the servers, it's the servers that it has to sit on. You have to rent those servers that like basically like it goes to this big server fucking station somewhere that either Google owns or Facebook owns. And that's what sends it out to all of us. Those are thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars to rent from those companies. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's how. That's why they need to do advertising. It's not because they're trying to get rich. I mean, they get they're making money. Don't get me wrong. Of course, but it's because they got. It's like when you have an app, you almost have rent because you have to rent the service. Right. Wow. So it, it almost takes away that whole idea of not having brick and mortar or not having to pay for the brick and mortar. Yeah. So I mean, it'd be nice to make your own app. Could you imagine if we could all make our own app that worked for like sneakerheads, artists, graffiti guys? Yeah. fucking hip-hop and it was just that just that no no other fucking interlopers not letting anybody else in just that fucking cool shit that people want to see that'd be rad that'd be super easy to make but it'd be like actually getting the service to actually get it out there to people that's the hard part right well i wow. wonder if there's going to be a shift in in how people interact with art soon because like similar to how patreon has come out right yeah and and patreon is is awesome because it gives your true core listeners a chance to actually support you right or it gives it it narrows it a little bit sure uh, and, and i think um I, i'm hoping and i don't have the answer for it but i'm hoping that something kind of comes out that that will bridge that gap between the art appreciator and the art and the artist that isn't instagram or or another app yeah yeah i mean i'm I'm just waiting for the next thing. I thought TikTok was it, but it doesn't work for visual artists. Right. Like if you want to be a fucking, you know, a total thought, just fucking dancing around doing your thing, then that's fucking dope. Like, yeah, go for it. Do your thing. I don't give a shit. But it's not like, what am I going to do? Dance around with one of my fucking paintings with my dick out? Like, come on, man. I feel like a fucking pervert being on that thing, man. It's weird. Yeah, yeah it's, it's more, I, I find that it's more for women and kids. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I don't have an account, but the stuff that I see... I notice on like Instagram stories, people are taking their TikTok and totally. putting it on there and I'm seeing them there. And it seems to me it's a thing, yeah, for mainly kids and girls, right? Keep TikTok on TikTok. Sorry, is that? Keep TikTok on TikTok. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, noticed, I noticed for art on there, like it is starting to pick up. I noticed guys going on there right now and they do a lot of live paintings. And I have some friends that are having some success on TikTok, but like, they're also having to do like the weird videos. Like they're having to do like weird shit that, I noticed that the art that does really well on there is the, um, what I would call like mall art. Like the guy that can do the perfect pencil drawing of the Joker. Oh. That, that dude is fucking killing it on TikTok. Right. But, but that ain't me, homie. I'm not doing that shit. So it's right, like- yeah. And Marilyn like, Monroe and whatever and yeah. Totally. Or you can like get a pencil, the, the yeah. Space scenes. I always see uh, growing up on the seeing the space scenes that do that dudes do on the street with the circles, and they make it look like oh, yeah. nothing in five minutes. Yeah, those guys. People go crazy for that. Yeah, I, I, I mean it's what, pretty I cool. I mean it's a form of art, but it's sure. You know, it's. I, I mean, for those that are really into the craft, it's not really a. Well, it's, it's hard just, to say. It's, it's hard one to of say. those things that don't really belong in the same conversation. Sure, it's art. Right. But it's 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 kind of saying that like country and rap should be in the same conversation because it's music. Right. Yeah. But it's not. It's different. Yeah. It's it's yeah, different fundamentals from from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So are you uh you're into sneakers too, Lurk? Yeah, man. Um a little bit for sure. Like maybe I don't think I'm as crazy as you guys are, but like Zach's like, oh go grab some of your shoes. I'm just like, oh fucking I don't know what shoes I got, man. Jesus. But yeah, I'm into I'm into sneakers. I mean, I've I've definitely got a good collection, um, cool. but uh, I can see that behind you. I mean, you've got fucking more than me just sitting right there, man. I don't, yeah, I'm I crazy. Don't go crazy. Sure. What kind of stuff are you into? What kind of sneakers are you into? I was really into the Air Max ones. That was my big thing for the longest time. Nice. And then uh, I just picked up these, the Vandals. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah, they're they're dope. You know what I really like about these? They remind me of Terminator. I'm not yeah. sure if you remember the bit where he's in like getting changed in the department store. His, yeah. his foot comes down and it's a vandal. Yeah. Now, I don't know. My memory's a bit foggy, but I can't remember if it was this one. I, th I can't remember if it was black and gold or if it was gold and black. I think it was black and gold. I think it was black and gold. Yeah. Like the yeah. classic, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Check these out as well. I just picked up these from um, Publish Brand made these with North Face. Oh. You know what? I just, I, you know what? I, Zach and I have both been looking for those for, you know, around the house beaters. I'm waiting yeah. for Tony to hit to come through with those. They haven't come through to livestock yet. Oh, really? Yeah. I got these, I got these a couple of months back. I don't know. Where'd you order them from? Goat. 
Oh, okay, that's why. Okay, okay. They were so cheap as well. They were like they were like thirty bucks or forty bucks or something. <laughs> so, dude, I had an old pair of those North Face slippers that were like, and they have tread on the bottom, so it's yeah, like yeah. the best rolling around. Have to go walk to the store slipper like inside outside ever, dude. And I beat the shit out of them. I bought my whole family a pair, and ever since then I've been looking for more. I call this my brothel creeper. <laughs> That's a total brothel creeper. <laughs> I got a, this is my latest pickup. It's uh Oh, wow. It's the uh, SB um, laser orange and it actually hasn't dropped yet. So um, it's got this clear sole with a, with the slight pink hue to it. Yeah. yeah. It's, dope. And, uh, it's, I mean, this thing is, I mean, it looks like, like, like a Laker, like a Laker colorway. You 100%. Know? Um, except for the, it's not blue. It's not, well, it is purple, but it's, and this is gold. I don't know why it's called laser orange because, well, maybe there's like Zach, you were saying, maybe they'd be worried about getting sued or something. Or, yeah. And especially they probably were worried about it coming off. Um, cause it's probably been in the pipeline for a year. Right. But then with the Kobe thing Kobe, happening, yeah. I bet that they were like, eh, let's, you know. Yeah. But it is, uh, it is beautiful. I love it. And I don't know when it's dropping. I thought it was dropping soon, but it's there's been something weird going on with SB lately with drops. They're not really dropping, but they're not they're, actually releasing. But they're kind of showing up. And and um, this one, I just I, I I saw on Stock X that it was listed, but it didn't have a, a picture. And I was like, you know what? Oh, I'm weird. Gonna, I'm like, I'm gonna roll the dice. Fuck it. But I had already yeah. Zach and I had already seen leaked images of it. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to roll the dice. And it showed up and it's amazing. Yeah, oh, it's super cool. nice, man. So, I've never yeah. actually, I've never actually got an SB Nike shoe. I've never, I've never actually you've purchased it. You've anything. owned a Dunk before at some point in time. Really? Oh, man. All you use is skateboarding? Yeah, but it wasn't around when I was skateboarding mainly. Okay. What years, what, what years were you mainly skating? Well, probably, uh, well, 86 to, uh, Till about 2011, 2012. That's a, that's a decently big window. Yeah. I got uh, these. Speaking of like the slightly pink, I got these Jordans. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, and they're just like a, there's a slight pink. And I got these because Zach wanted me to bring shoes down, you guys. So here I am with the Come the Gaston. Oh, those are cool. I like those yeah. a lot. See, I knew you'd have some specific stuff to show us, Lur, because the last time we spoke, uh, the the main thing that you were instilling on me is that you were trying to get rid of so much clutter and bullshit in your house. And you were trying everything that you owned, you wanted to have and be important, whether it be clothing or like all the art or whatever it be. Well, and, and made better. Like, and that's, a, and yeah. that's the thing that like, that's, I was telling you earlier, I got those um, Amy Leon Dor shoes from New York and they're, they're just made better. They're made in Portugal. Now they cost me more, I guess, but not, like about the same as a collectible Nike, but then the Nike shoes just made in the same factory as all the other Nike shoes. I got nothing against Nike. I'm going to keep buying them and I like the limited edition stuff and all that. But like, I just kind of want to put my money in a different place sometimes. Right. You know, like getting the Comme de Gasson t-shirt. It's made in Japan. I know it's not made in a sweatshop. Like I just kind of want to do like with my money that like I've managed to make, I would like to put it in the right place. And I think a little bit of that comes from, I was sponsored by skateboard companies for the longest time for my artwork they just sponsored me because the art i was doing is really nice of them actually big shout to g-man from time bomb for helping me out with that yeah. g-man on the show before yeah. yeah 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 g's awesome man yeah but like so they hooked me up and they were they were awesome to me they would send me a lot of stuff and i was so grateful for it but what i did notice is when you're getting packets of stuff like that when you get in a package it starts to feel almost cheap and i wanted to like I was really happy with what I was getting and it's so stoked that they hooked me up, but I just kind of wanted to like, like Zach saying, like have something I was a little bit more proud of. And I think that's where this collecting comes from. It's not always just like you're chasing this thing because you want to be the coolest kid on the block. You want to like a kid like me, I come from a lower income household when I was growing up. Like I just want to be able to afford something for myself now and really respect it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's same, important. That's same, I, grew up, I grew up the same way. So anytime I get to get something for myself like that, you know, the, it's more than just um, owning an object to me. So yeah, yeah, it's cool. And Jamie recently has been instilling the uh, the, the more collector value in me as opposed to uh, as opposed to the hoarder. For a long time, I wanted everything because it's the same thing. <laughs> the way I looked at it is like, okay, I like something, I gotta have all of it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm really trying to 
it's it's it, everything's just kind of passed the walk by test for me now. If I if I walk by it and it catches my eye and I end up looking at it and I find myself continuously discovering something, then I, I keep it. Yeah. The same for clothing. I've been, I think I've been concentrating more on clothing than shoes even. Oh yeah. Really. Yeah, like I've been getting a lot of the Comic Son stuff. Um, I've been getting quite a few Gucci pieces as well from Grailed. I've got a sick Gucci jacket, all hand stitched. It's supposed to be thirty five hundred. I got it for a G. Beautiful. So yeah, and it was like the first year that Alessandro Michelle started designing for them. So okay. it's gonna be it's gonna be worth money as long as I just you know I don't even breathe on it. That shit's <laughs> not getting COVID nineteen for sure. That jacket is <laughs> that jacket is that jacket is COVID free. I'll send you guys a photograph it later. It's yeah, so yeah please do so we can I put think, it up on the on the screen. Yeah, do it. We'll put it up on the screen here. When you get when you get and this is my point, like when you get an item like that, and you guys know this, right? Because you're collectors. When you get an item like especially on that Gucci, that high end level where it's hand stitched, the word for that jacket without sounding too frou frou is like it's exquisite. Like that's insane. And each one of them was different as well. Like all the jackets in that line were all stitched just individually. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's crazy, right? So like when you start, I can't afford that every week. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like a fucking baller, but like if I'm going to get something nice like that, I'm going to look after it, you know? Yeah, totally. Sure. You know, that reminds me of, uh, I have this one jacket and I get complimented on it every time I wear it, no matter where I go. Oh, where'd you get that jacket? Where'd you get the jacket? And what it is is actually, it's a jacket that I had made um exactly that, uh, you know i had um my guy um put it together for me and it actually the story behind it was kind of cool because he does a lot of stuff for um film and stuff like that and he was making these jackets for steven seagal for these movies he was doing right. you know how steven seagal always wears like a three-quarter length jacket <laughs> yeah 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 you know and uh and you know usually they're leather and stuff like that so anyway he was making some jackets for um uh his personal life and he was having the same guy make the jackets which is my tailor and uh he had a bunch of leftover material this really beautiful cashmere and some really nice lamb and then this liner that was this dragon pattern silk and all this stuff Sick. so i went through all of it and i was like look i want this kind of jacket da, da, da. and i went through my whole design on how i wanted it and everything and he built it for me i'm just gonna grab it one second yeah, go grab it, man. I'm hyped to see this now. My favorite part of that was Lurk. Just I could see Lurk listening and being like, Sick. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> whoa, that's that's how you do it, man. So this Oh, is I've the, seen you wear that. Yeah. And this like the inside. That is there's dope. There's that liner. So whoa. and uh, this is all cashmere and with lamb. And you know, I did the lamb elbows. So in in, in, in England, that's yeah. called a donkey jacket. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess out here we would call this a peacoat. Right. Yeah. 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 Just depends on what like, they call the peacoat in England as well. If you're in the south where all the posh people are, but I'm from the north where all the shitheads are. So that's a donkey jacket. <laughs> right. <laughs> a donkey jacket versus a peacoat. <laughs> P-E-A as well. Like a peacock coat, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, there are some differences. It's not you know, regular things. I wanted some personal things done to it that work for me. And, you know, being a big guy, like I am, you know, like I, I, there's certain things that I like and he did all those things for me. I did leather underneath the collar. So when you have it up, it's got a leather on the outside. And that's dope. It, it like turned out beautiful anyway. So I got to use all Steven Seagal's materials. And, uh, <laughs> so good. So is the leather against your neck when you have it up? No. Cashmere goes against my neck. Oh, okay, it goes like good. Yeah. yeah, damn. So, you're you're know, get, beautiful. So you're I understand what you mean about craftsmanship and that just that nice piece, you know that. Yeah, man. You know, feels good. And, that, and to be fair, that's another level because my jacket's not couture to me. It's like it's not like it was fitted for me or anything like that. It's just a jacket that you could buy in the line. That's for fitted sure. for you, so it looks it looks so good on you because it's all your exact measurements. Like a lot of times when we're buying stuff, like especially men, right? We go out and we buy large t-shirt, extra large t-shirt. It's a box. Yeah. But when you start getting stuff that's actually like made for you, like the t-shirts the that me and Zach did together for uh, Future Grown Up, where they're cut and sew, and they're like, they just look that much better on you. You know what I mean? And it's, it's about time. Like I think men really start like taking more like pride in like what they're wearing because average guy, gray sweatpants, fucking shitty t-shirt from Costco. I mean, I'm not hating, but like, you know, we could we could try a little harder. You know, I'm just we saying. We could absolutely try a little harder. And I and if I were thinner, 
I feel like my game would be, you know, stepped up or whatever because I got a fucking – I'm limited, man. I'm a big dude. So I know. I'm always looking for stuff same. for Jamie's size, and it's tough, man. No one's making stuff for the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not exactly a small guy either, but, like, yeah, even getting the Japanese stuff, I have to go, like, up sizes just to, like, make sure it'll – Fit me, you oh. start feeling you start feeling like there's something wrong with you because of the size you're having to buy. You know, I'm a double XL in Japanese size. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fucking crazy. Straight up, straight up, man. You know, this all comes full circle though to what you guys were just talking about in terms of clothing, right? Like, I mean, it's fine to have Costco gray pants and hoodie and shirt. I took I it got to them too. Wear and all that. It's also really dope to have you know something that was either at the level of Gucci like you have, alert, or go all the way to the next level of actually getting somebody to make something specific. Make it for you. Which is full circle back to what we were, how we were talking about art earlier with mall art, and there's nothing wrong it's with the same, that. It's the same thing. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And think about how you're supporting your community by getting somebody to make that jacket for you. That's what but, I like the most. Man. Nobody can even fucking step to you on that. Nobody can front on that. Nobody can be like, "Oh, this guy's fucking buying all these Nike shoes." That one jacket makes yeah. up for every single fucking shoe you've ever bought, man. Yeah, like, for you sure. Just, totally yeah. do that's fucking that's honestly man that that uh that warms the old english heart there that's yeah what that well speaking of that you know you guys kind of skipped over the thing you grew up in england yeah yeah man i lived i lived in england till i was 24 mate oh, okay where where in england did you grow up uh right next to scotland right oh really the, yeah about an hour away from the border of scotland oh okay we just yeah. had actually uh downtown david brown on the podcast the uh artist from glasgow oh he's oh Awesome. Glasgow is a nice place, man. I've been there a few times. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of soul that way. They always say that the north has all the soul, right? That's why, like, yeah. the, the money's in the south and the soul's in the north. Right. So so where you grew up then would be on the northwest side of? Uh, northeast, like in, in an area called Newcastle. Oh, Newca I love Newcastle. Like, well, I've never been to Newcastle, so I'm, I'm getting excited for nothing, but, but I love like uh, the show Jordy Shore. And oh yeah, man! Like, I can I do that. I can, I can do that accent if you want. That's where I grew up. No way! Wait, I I a, of course I can fucking do that. Like any fucking problem, you know? That's what it's like. Why I? Why I, I man? I'm goddamn. <laughs> what the fuck are you guys talking about? Yeah, Newcastle. They're fucking uh, super strong accent, Northern England. Uh, they seem then, fun. It seems like upbeat. A yeah. Oh yeah. It's like. It's a pint and a fight place. You grew up rough there, you know what I mean? But they're good people. And I think like, like I said, I think like they're really warm people. And when they like you, they fucking love you. Like when I first moved to this country um, and I grew up just, I was just outside of Newcastle. So my accent wasn't that thick, but I used to, I, I don't drink anymore, but I used to drink. And uh, see, now we're talking about my accent starts coming out more because I'm talking about it. It's so weird, right? It's weird how the brain works. Yeah. But uh, I had a hard time because I got drinking with people. I just met like these skate kids and they all thought I wanted to fight them. But I, I was being really friendly to them. And yeah. they thought I wanted to fight them. It's because the accent's so, like, boisterous almost, right? It's loud. And it's like, I, I mean, like, no offense to any of the ladies listening in right now, but I call everybody a cunt. But where I'm from, that means you really like the person. Yeah. Right? So yeah. they're like, I'd, I'd meet people the next day and like at the skate park. And they'd be like, oh, hey, man, like, are we good? And I'm like, uh, yeah? Like, what? Totally. We had a fucking great night. And they're like, oh, I'm pretty sure you were trying to fight me last night. I'm like, what? Yeah. So it just took me a it took me a long time to get how used to how like Canada's so mellow compared to where I'm from, right? And I and I love it here now and I love that it's mellow and you can you can hear that my obviously my accent and everything is mellowed right out. But like, yeah, man, I'm used to a pretty faster pace of life growing up, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's cool though. I mean I I really uh, uh my mother I'm part English and I don't know where it comes from, but my mother has always sort of felt like a kinship to England. And cool. so two years ago, um, my whole family, we all went on a vacation together. We went to London and Paris. Nice. And um, my mom's been to London a bunch of times. I've been there a few times. And, uh, but we had, we just always have such a nice time. And it's, uh, we just love the people out there. And I just, it, Zach, I know, loves the British culture too. And yeah. we're just right into the Brit whole, uh, British culture and England is just I love it there I could live there no problem well Zach you're super into, you're super into the British rap stuff like the grime yeah I stuff. was I, I went through a huge grime phase for sure yeah yeah. 
and then my years in babbling, I did a lot of stuff in, in London specifically. I got to, I had the privilege of, of rapping at uh, the Ministry of Sound, downtown London. Yeah, which is amazing. Like if for people don't, for people that don't know what that is, from a guy who grew up in England, that's that and the hacienda. That's pretty pretty. Yeah, cool. it's rock star shit. So like, I mean, I'm and and it was it wasn't for like a rock star show. I mean, there was there was maybe five or six hundred people uh, in attendance or whatever at it. But yeah, I got to stand on at the Ministry of Sound stage and do some shit and had the security guard like, like pull away from me. <laughs> I can still remember their logo. They've got this like weird like Iron Gate logo with like laurels around it. Or something oh yeah, like dude, that. it's all yeah. the same. It's super old school looking. Yeah, really grand downtown London and whatever. I remember not thinking it was shit, and then googling it and being like, "Whoa, okay, this is this is for real." <laughs> That's so. I right, don't man. know what part of London I was staying in, but I remember it being like. I mean, I was staying with guys who lived there, so it was like my, all the years of battling what I'm really grateful for was my, was traveling because I didn't get a touristy look at any place. I was always staying right. at somebody's couch yeah. or, or whatever that like lived and worked wherever we were, we were doing our thing. And uh, I remember London being really rough and really dirty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no offense to any London listeners out there or anything, but I remember oh, no. outside oh. the venue and stuff and, be, and just being like, wow, this is like a really, and you know, I live downtown Vancouver now. It's the fucking so dirty. It's disgusting. It's forgotten. Sure. But, and you know that better than anybody too, Lurk. But yeah, that's the, London is this, is a really polar place as well, whereas there's a, there's a real, real poverty and a real posh as you put yeah, it. Yeah. You're going to have like the richest of fucking rich people there. And then they, uh, it's going to get like, pretty lower working class and poorer as well in some areas and like slums and stuff like that i mean i feel bad for people in that city that are trying to just make it you know what i mean i think a lot of people come there thinking that's the best place to come for work and they get kind of stuck it's like any city right you get stuck in certain pockets now all of a sudden you're like shit i'm not making any money at all and it's fucking expensive and then there's so many people there's as many people in london and the surrounding areas as the whole of canada yeah yeah, it's nuts. Crazy. Isn't it? Isn't it a Vancouver Island? Isn't it like the same? Isn't London have the same footprint? I remember hearing oh, some maybe, yeah. thing and it was like, it was some stupid amount of people fit on Vancouver Island. And it's just this unruly thing to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, it's like London I, is way smaller than Vancouver Island. Or yeah. as a city, it may be in it or fuck, I can't remember. But even just to think of what 40, 50 million people would be on Vancouver Island is like, oh, crazy. yeah. Yeah. But it still takes me time to get used to that. Like, I, I have moments, right, when I'm, like, walking around town here. Everybody's like, oh, everybody's social distancing on the island. I'm looking outside, and there's nobody walking around. And I'm like, yeah, that's a normal day on Nanaimo. <laughs> like, yeah. where I'm from, there's millions of people in every even small city that you live in. Like, I'm on about, like, small cities have millions of people. So I'm, yeah. I was always used to, like, when, like, I lived in England, like, you look out the window, and you see groups of people just walking around, you know? You never see that on, like, you'll probably see it more in Vancouver, but, like, no, on the island, man. The island is mellow, dude. Well, that's a big difference, too, I think, growing up in, like, places like London or New York and stuff like that, um, L.A., compared to any major city in Canada. In a major city in Canada, you grow up and you got, like, a friend group of, like, you could collect all your friends and have, at the most, like, 50 people, you know, type thing. And that's, like, all your homies. Yeah. But, you know, in, you know, growing up somewhere, London, New York, you know, LA, places like this, your friend group's got like fucking 800 people. Oh yeah. It's nuts. You could just that like, Oh yeah. It's, I was, th I was saying it's more of a web when you introduce more people, like, you know, this guy from this group and this guy, and then there's kind of intersecting groups, right? Well, yeah. But like, you know, when you're just like, Oh, it's Friday, let's go to the club. You can maybe round up four or five guys. Well, if you're from those places, you're rounding up 40. Just yeah. Oh yeah. Night. Like, yeah, it's different. Yeah, you're going everywhere with the crew for sure. Yeah, it's just different. Well, I always I remember the the biggest thing talking to like American friends. It'd be like from city to city, you go from million or even England. I'm sure I'm quite sure is like an hour drive away. You go from million population to million population, just like you yeah. said. Well, in in Canada, you got to drive from Vancouver to Calgary is the yeah. nearest million population, I think, yeah. or something. It's, so it's, it's like no, it's no wonder we're doing hours. so good. Yeah. It's no wonder we're doing so good in this whole pandemic. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's no surprise to me at all, you know? The um, funny thing that I noticed yesterday, I was looking at the stats, and uh, Canada is in 12th position. We've been in 12th, 13th position pretty much this whole time. And I noticed that just one up from us in, like, 11th position, and now it says that it's China. 
And it's like, you guys are full of shit, man. Like, yeah, like we have something like 58,000 cases or something, and they've got like 82, and they're just one spot up from us. Like, bullshit. Yeah, right. Like, there's so much, there's so much um, misinformation going on and disinformation. Like, this, I don't even know what to fucking think anymore, dude. Like, honestly. Yeah. Well, Jamie and I were talking the other day about it because it's like, you know, there's a, there's a decent, there's a decently uh, reasonable reason or reason to have a discussion about freedom of speech right now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then, you know, as you also have to take some responsibility for what you're going to allow to get said on certain platforms, I think. Right. right. So I agree. You can start grassroots. You got some crazy idea, whatever. And you want to go stand on the street and yell and talk and pass out your information. And if you've got some facts behind it and this, and you can turn over the public and grow, I get that. But you know, there's this big debate now between YouTube and what should be allowed to be put out as fact and what's fraud and what isn't. And it's right. It's an interesting time. I think that like the, the interesting thing about that is I think freedom of speech is extremely important. I think, what you've got to worry about right now is I think like from like, sorry, like to go like in a higher up level, like when, when people are looking into this and like from a governmental level and saying like, Hey, we really don't want people to like inject fucking Clorox into their veins. That's the sort of video you should be banning because we can't trust enough humans to not be that stupid. Right. right. And I think that's maybe where some of this banning of videos comes from is a little bit of like, you know, if you're putting information out there that could potentially harm you, like I can't monitor my teenager every minute of the day, but if my teenager is starting to watch some weird ass fucking videos that I don't know about on YouTube, and the next thing you know, she's drinking fucking, I don't know, bleach or something, then that's the sort of videos that I think should be taken down. Unfortunately, that video came from the president of the United States. So that makes it even crazier and difficult, more difficult. But like, I think, is that what you meant, Zach? Like kind of like, just well, like yeah. the information that's being put out there? You, well, yeah, the, it's, it's, the conversation it's, it's, that that Zach and I had was that I, the that YouTube has a policy right now that anybody who speaks out against the World Health Organization saying something contrary to what they're saying, they're being deleted. And to me, I just think that that's a bad idea because yeah. the World Health Organization can be wrong and they make mistakes, 100%. and sometimes yeah. they'll end up bouncing back and coming back to you know and then being like oh never mind we actually we're wrong about that and you know so next thing you know someone's deleted and they weren't even wrong right so i just think that that's a bad policy to just blanket so you know and it's also a slippery slope right because i what i'm what i'm afraid of is laws and policies getting put into place that are put into place for good reason and then are exploited later by people for for different reasons i mean that's pretty much the expectation of every law ever this whole thing is going to exploit us this whole thing has been a big fucking test to see how well behaved we can be at home i'm not saying it was engineered i'm not saying it's a conspiracy but But while we're at it while we're at it certain companies have definitely taken advantage to be like, yeah, this kind of works. We can just kind of tell these. And that's why you've got the nutcases on the other extreme with their guns standing around being like, no, you can't make us do anything. Interestingly, those, we consider those people nutcases, but Elon Musk, who we consider a genius, has been saying the same thing. He's just not standing around with a gun. Yeah. He's saying like, it's your basic human right that you should be able to go outside. Now, I'm not sure if I agree with that or not because it puts such a horrible um, burden on the healthcare system. That's the issue. Yeah. But then I was talking to my friend this morning, we were both saying like, well, then really the issue is that we don't have good healthcare systems. Yeah, but dude, not, I think but people, you know? people put really bad labels on the conversation though, man, because people say like, I can't go outside. And like, no one ever said that. Yeah. Like, let's be, let's, people need to be more specific with what they're talking about and with what they're responding to. Because the conversation right. starts, to, starts to cascade and become not what it's about, man. Um, but country to country it is different though because I was speaking to my parents in England and my friends if my parents decided to go for a drive right now and they had nowhere particular to go they can get fined up to 1200 pounds yeah that's right yeah if you're if you're just driving aimlessly and uh, that's coming from like my stepdad is ex-police he was police for 30 years so he doesn't fuck around with facts he yeah. knows the guys who were giving out the tickets kind of thing. Yeah. So 100%, they can't just go for a drive right now. Now, people are doing it because fuck that. We're going to do it because that's what we do. We don't fucking listen to the rules. But yeah. there is, so I agree with what you're saying, Zach, but there are some countries where like 
I think our friends are saying that they get like, not like a ticket, but like you get allowed like one bit of recreation a day where you can go outside and walk in England for like X amount of time and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, wasn't uh, David Brown said, I think Scotland's 30 minutes? Yeah. That so is, like, I can't remember. I think he said that they're allowed, they're allowed to go out for recreation for 30 minutes a day. See, that's, that's okay. So, all right. Yeah. So now we have to, now we have to have the discussion of, of what it is under different governments or different authoritative yeah. bodies. Right. Because again, me, me, a guy from Canada can have a conversation with a guy from England and then we're just, they're just, they don't mesh. They don't mesh. Yeah, that's um, right. But uh, I do, I think when it comes to the freedom of speech argument, I think fraud is what is where we need to draw the line. Yes. Maybe, or, or I yeah, think... Yeah, but the thing is, is who gets to decide what's fraudulent? It's, you know, it's... Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's a vicious circle, and there's no... I don't think there's any right or wrong answer. It's just, it's very nuanced and difficult, you know? And you're right there, and I think if you take the solution a step past um, the, where the problem is and see where it kind of becomes an issue. And I think that's with education. And I don't think education in the sense of like school, got to go to university, this or that, but yeah. like education in the sense of like thinking critically and, and learning how to look at, at things with a, with a critical lens and also not being like, because the two camps that are kind of conspiracy theory minds, one is the one that people think, people find solace in the fact that, that there is a big plan and the universe isn't chaotic and just kind of happening randomly, right? And it's a defense mechanism to, mm -hmm. to think that there's some master plan. Or, and, and that's what drives people to want to push information. And then there's another one where I think you just kind of have a complex where you want to be right. Yeah. I, I deal with it all the time with tattooing. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. And I think everybody <laughs> has that, though. Everybody yeah. wants to be right. It's, control. it's control. It's classic control complex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I, so I, I think the problem's just it, it, the problem lies more so in dealing with those mentalities and those insecurities of the general population than I think it does in just like cutting the vein of information. Yeah, that's fair. Does I just I, I, I just worry like I guess because I've got that that parent mentality. I just worry that like there could be videos being put out there that kids can get to see. Now my kid's super smart. You see enough of the same video telling you like. I don't know, you're going to dye your hair black and it can't fucking get in your lungs. Kids are going to dye their hair black. Yeah. Now, that's, now that's probably not going to hurt them, but where does that stop and where does it start kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, you know what I mean? line for sure. Yeah, and I think that's what makes all of this extremely fucking messy. And then look at like what's happening with like even go back to Instagram right now. For the last couple of months, I'm not sure if you guys have noticed, but I've like, I, never, I never post negative things. That's just not really my deal. But I have commented on people's posts that might be negative so like say there's a picture of like donald trump that an artist has done and he's i don't know fucking getting his head blown off who knows right some bullshit right so anyway that's happening and i'm like coming and they're like oh this is really funny that's all i'll say and i'll get a message back from instagram as i'm posting it saying are you sure you want to leave a comment on this post because yes. it's, it's considered hate speech or something like that and i'm like whoa what? that's happened to me probably three or four times now. And all I'm saying is like, yeah, this is funny. Or like, well, that looks a really cool piece. I might not be saying anything about the actual subject matter. I might be like, oh, there's a cool colors in this piece. And I'm so like, happy that my social media algorithm doesn't show me bullshit like that. Like I've, my shit's so dialed to the point where all I see is sneakers, art, and like funny things yeah, that this, sometimes- What he's saying is this is someone he's following. No, this is somebody I'm following, it's art. Yeah, and 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 I, I had it happen to me the other day. Funny you mentioned that. I can't remember what the post was, but same thing. I was commenting on something that was controversial looking. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't saying anything, and it was just like, "Are you sure you want to?" Really? You know, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that's been happening for months. So this is like this is kind of the issue, right? This is all coming down the line right now. But then, like, I can have like somebody leave a comment being like. Oh, this fucking piece of artwork you're doing, is, it looks like you're trying to copy Adventure Time or something. And that's not going to get flagged. It's when it's something political. It's when it's somebody like in the, the like media, if it's considered like bullying and harassment, you know, there's all these weird things. Or if it's like, it might be considered to have some sort of pornography on it, you know? 
right? The bully harassment one is the one that gets me the most. Like, I get, I get pornography. I get like all the stuff that you have to rate based on maturity levels and what you want yeah. kids to see and stuff. The bully and harassment thing and how that relates to the online world because I didn't grow up in the internet world. My internet really came up after I left school, and same, same for all you guys, obviously. But that's the biggest. Like, how do you, like the whole bullying harassment bullshit is it really? I have a hard time swallowing that pill sometimes because I feel like the world hasn't changed that much with the internet. It's just different tools to use what yeah. they already did. Yeah. I mean, if you're affected by bullying and harassment, that's really unfortunate for you, I'd say. Of course. Of course. I'm you not can, but, say that. No, I'm no, no. I know. I know. I'm just saying that, like, you choose how to react to it, though, right? Like, you choose what to give power to. And sometimes you can't help it. So I, if I get negative comments, I don't get many. But, like... I have to really catch myself not to reply to them because I'm like, I'm just fucking feeding this. Totally. Right? I don't need to feed this any more than it is. But some kids out there, obviously, they're going to take that super to heart and it's going to be really hard. And especially artists, man. Like, it's so sensitive, right? Like, it's crazy, right? Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, you don't, you, you don't have to listen to it. You can try not to. Just because somebody has an opinion doesn't mean they're right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a strange thing. Um, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. Um, we were talking earlier about the, um, what is it? The Serb, Serg? The Serb, Serb. yeah. Serb, yeah. Serb. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, in the middle of the night the other night, um, someone uh, broke into my house and cut my hair. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it happened. It was terrifying, but. Um, uh, while I was while I was dreaming, uh, I thought I was dreaming about this haircut. This barber said to me that a lot of people, that, that a lot of barbers, um, the reason why I don't know if you guys have heard this, but barbers and hairdressers have been saying, "Don't send us back to work yet." Yeah, because uh, we're not ready for this and that. And so, in while I was sleeping, I asked the barber, you know, why would why why is that? And he said that um, because these selfish pricks are making so much money doing house calls and charging people three hundred bucks, <laughs> charging people three hundred bucks to cut their hair, and um, is that is that how much it costs you in your dream? In my dream, no, it cost me much less. Okay, good. Um, but, uh, it wasn't a nightmare. So yeah, no, um, my my dream barber wasn't one of those barbers. But um, apparently these barbers are charging people like 300 bucks to do a haircut at home. Plus they're getting that grant, that money, that $2,000 a month. So they're like, and, and it doesn't, these are not barbershop owners, mind you. So, because yeah. the barbershop owner is the one who's suffering because he gets a percentage. Yes. A percentage of, you know, what they're doing. Whereas the barber himself, now he's, taking making 300 bucks and he's keeping it all yeah and he's like why the fuck would i want to go back to work i'm actually killing it right now making more yes. money than i ever have so um that's what my dream barber who is a barbershop owner as well uh, <laughs> in, the, in your dream well, yeah when he broke into my house and cut my hair and gave me this fade you look great <laughs> Thanks. great yeah I've, i got lucky for someone to break into your house and cut your hair that's one of those things though with when it comes to uh things that were like the, the barbershop has always been a social gathering for a lot of people. So a place that people want to go and be a part of. So like, I mean, sure. I think people can, some people are going to reap the benefits of this and they're going to find ways to exploit the system. Like that's not a surprise. Yeah. Um, but, but I think the, uh, I think, I think things are going to level out once, once we do get back to normal. I mean, I think we can expect yeah. to see some level of normality there because people are, you can see it now are craving to be back in the world and touch and hug and talk and converse. And I think people, yeah, you're right. People really, really want that. It's how we're going to be allowed to do it and what that looks like. Cause like I'm getting all the information now for my work tomorrow. I'm going to sit on the phone with WorkSafe BC and make sure I'm going to, have to change my studio. Just so, I can, so just so people can start tattooing. It's going yeah, to be the same. You'll have to get your artists six feet apart, right? Exactly. So, and then put plexiglass in between them and all this sort of stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, you know, more bills for me, right? Awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, which is fine. Like, it is whatever. But I think you're right. I mean, like, if the tattoo artists were doing the same thing, I mean, it's a little bit harder to set up to do a tattoo in somebody's house, but you can do it. I think people would start realizing, but my wife's been saying the whole time, people are going to start realizing, hey, maybe I 
don't need to work in the office. I can work in the office. I can work for the company. But do I, need, do I need to be there yeah. like ever? Yeah, a lot of companies are going to downsize after this with their brick and mortar if they're having productive staff working from home. Yeah, why See, wouldn't they? Save I, was, them money. I was reading a great article the other day on just exactly that. And if more companies realize that, shift to working from home or at least, you know, reduced hours to working at an office and then uh, convert all of those buildings into housing, what that, that can level out the housing market. Yeah. Right. Or, or it could be used for other things. They'd be retrofitted for hospitals just in case something like this comes along again. Exactly, yeah. You know, and that's what we, we need to be smarter and realize that like, obviously the way we've been doing things isn't working. <laughs> beyond this beyond this pandemic, things are just not working. You know well, what I mean? We certainly weren't prepared for a pandemic. I think no. it's that. I think it's the preparation thing. It's like we can live life all we want, but there was an anvil hanging over our heads and we need, we need to be aware of that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, look at how quickly this crumbled as well. That's what was crazy for me is like how quickly that changed. Also, how quickly like the government all of a sudden had money to give to people. That was a bit weird. You always hear how broke they are and all that I sort of stuff. To, dude, I wanted to bring that up because it's like, how come it takes like five years to bring a native reservation clean water piping or something, but we can just come up with $2 billion like that to give every Canadian 2G. See, now that's, this is the issue I have with conspiracy theories because it's like, there are real questions to be asked here. Yeah. yeah. Completely fucking ignored that are right in front of you and yeah, not conspiracies. That's like real. That's like holy fuck. And and instead we're like lizards or, or <laughs> crazy shit. Like five G. Yeah. Or Bill Gates is like sucking your blood or whatever. Oh, yeah. and everything. Like, <sighs> Whereas he just sends Bill Gates is actually just a really lovely person and really wants to help out in the world. But I have no idea what Bill Gates is, but or anything. <laughs> but like the the the, the fu my fundamental opinion is that there's is that and Jamie and I I know agree on this. We're there's rich people like way up upper echelon. People are no different than people down here in the way that they think and the way that their communities. I don't are. agree with that either. I don't think that the scientists that work for the government are any different than the scientists that work for Elon Musk or like publicly traded companies. Like they're there's yeah. I, I I don't they're, they're I don't know man. I think there's agendas. I think there's a lot of political agendas. I don't think it's as conspiracy sound as people would like to make it, but I think there's a lot of agendas. So no, to, well, to really make the difference, to, to really differentiate, I, I, I believe that people, that authorities are smart enough to capitalize on a negative situation. I yeah. don't think that they're smart enough to plan this all and have it go. No, to no, no, they couldn't have created this. There's no way. No, there's no way. Yeah. So, so many infectious disease No, This is how we're going to get rich off it. I don't dispute that. Yeah. yeah. I'm certainly not. <laughs> I'm gonna start selling my art. Apparently, fuck. Yeah. Yes. Hey, you guys yes. like that? You guys like this painting? <laughs> <laughs> I've only put a hundred hours into it, so don't worry. It's gonna be super cheap. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It is a beautiful painting. I will admit. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, well, I love your stuff. I hope to see you do more of like the surrealism mixed with your cartoony stuff. That's always my favorite. Uh, yeah. My favorite version of your work. Video games and cartoons, that's where I want to go because I can do so much more of that. I'm not sure if you guys caught the um, that new Netflix show, The Midnight Gospel. No. Yeah, podcaster called Duncan Trussell. He's a, um, a big advocate of psychedelics, kind of like myself, I guess. And uh, they made this really cool cartoon with um, this guy. I can't his name is. Not, I was going to say Ghostface. It wasn't Ghostface. Um, but anyway, this, this guy that did fucking Adventure Time. They made this new cartoon and it's just, it's basically like podcast discussions while you go through the cartoon and like they're walking around and talking and all these weird psychedelic things are happening at the same time. It's very like, reminds me of like very like 60s Beatles-esque cartoons and stuff like that, you know? Didn't Aesop Rock, the rap, you know Aesop Rock, you're a fan too, Lurk. Didn't he yeah. do a podcast or a group of conversations that were all animated like that as well? Oh, maybe, I don't know. You could, you go check this out, it's called like Mid Midnight Gospel. Okay. Yeah. Really good. Really, really, really fucking cool. I think you'll come out of it being like, oh, yeah, this is, I, yeah, it's a trip. If you like my stuff, you'll definitely like it. Oh, well, we should talk a little bit about some of the big accolades that you've had, Lurk, because you've, you've had, uh, you've made <laughs> That makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're big, bro. To me, they're big. Like, I've, I could never imagine having a shoot made with, with my art or my name or whatever on it. Um, you got, you've worked with Etnies, you do stuff with Beneath. Yeah, so Beneath, I've been working with since day one, pretty much when they were called My Package. That's right. 
and um, Des just like kept me around and I'm still as far as I know I'm going to be making designs from going into the future as long as the company can survive what's going on just like anybody I had Lurk uh, Underwear before I knew Lurk Underwear company? Yeah Oh okay cool Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Underwear even before I knew Lurk man I was like showing him I was like check it out dude like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah that wasn't weird don't worry um, <laughs> Yeah I've done I mean I guess I've done quite a lot of things like the biggest thing I mean like Edney's Edney's seemed like a big thing because it was getting my own shoe that's pretty important i think like for a guy that likes shoes you know that's a that's a really cool thing that's fucking massive <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 good yeah like i mean like but the, my biggest thing recently is i was um featured in heavy metal magazine as an article now for those that don't know heavy metal magazine goes all the way back to the 70s it was like the original illustration magazine um it wasn't just for heavy metal music i'm not really sure why the name came around probably because heavy metal was super big in the 70s but um so I finally got into that magazine. And for me, the best way to explain that, like that's like getting an Academy Award. That's like, that's the same level for me, how I felt about that. I still to this day, don't feel like I deserved it. And I'm not looking for compliments. I just don't. I, I, I've got a bit of imposter syndrome surrounding the whole thing. Yeah. Like I feel like I shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? That shouldn't have been me. I mean, in the same magazine, Ron English was in the same magazine and Shepard Fairey. Dude, wow. Nigel so, and Tristan Eaton. Yeah, Tristan Eaton was in there. I mean, that is like, I don't think I deserve to be with those guys. And again, I'm not looking for compliments. I just don't think, I, I genuinely don't feel that. But everybody I speak to from the magazine is like, no, dude, you killed it. You had like a really good article, like blah, blah, blah. And it was really cool because the people that wrote it, I've ended up being friends with. And um, we're going to do more work in the future. So it's, it's kind of created this whole like really cool, like thing came from it. You know what I mean? But that's, the weirdest thing about that, and I've, I've spoken about this in a couple of interviews, is after that magazine came out, I had no idea what to do. I felt like I couldn't paint or draw because sometimes when you create a goal for yourself, like when sometimes you're like, fuck, I really want to be in a magazine, whether it's juxtapose, high fructose, fucking heavy metal, I just want to get in the magazine. You finally get there. You've got to be careful with those goals because like afterwards I was like, now I fucking literally do not, I didn't draw a paint for like a month, which is unusual for me because it's every day normally. Yeah. And I just did not know what to do with myself. And it's, it's back now. I got this, don't worry. But like, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean though? It's like, it left this really weird, like, like hole almost, you know what I mean? Wow. Well, yeah. set another goal, man. Yeah, and that's what I'm doing. I mean, like right now I'm developing two different board games. Like one's a Dungeons and Dragons style, like RPG, like super nerdy, throw dice around and attack each other. The other one's like a board game, kind of like um, Mario Party, where you just move little pieces around. You got to do different things. So I'm working on those right now. Um, yeah, I play your fart game with Gat so much. He loves it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I like making games like that. That's the interesting thing about games is how that's come around for me, like full circle. When I was 10 years old, little loner skateboard kid in the middle of northeast of england where people don't fucking skateboard and like have long hair like what i did i kind of like spent a lot of time in my room just making things that's why i'm kind of quick at being creative i mean zach will tell you when he gets me to do something i can normally like get on it and i'm pretty creative it all comes from being like a little kid and i used to make my own board games then and just like figure out all the rules and like how it would work and stuff like that and then totally forgot it i did that totally fucking forgot that i did anything like that until i started making games again and i was like Shit, I used to do this when I was a fucking kid. So it's like, wow. it's this cool, like it's coming around full circle. And only difference now is like, I get them produced and you know, you can buy them kind of thing. So that's like- That's cool, man. Difference. So like reignited this creative thing. Yeah. So yeah. rad, hey? Like I didn't even think about it. Yeah. That's Dude, I, gotta, I gotta say in all the years of working on future grown up stuff and working really closely with artists, not all the years I say it, like I did it for this, it's like two years. Um, but you were so fun to work with, Lurk, because- Oh, thanks, man. There was, you know, there's, there's always this- stifling uh kind of attitude sometimes around creatives where it's like you know it's a lot of work or it's a lot of effort or it's a lot of this when when we have these ideas and you were always it was, you and i were always like how do we get past this how do we do this we never yep. wanted to say this is going to stop something i brought this out to show something that we that we had done together which oh, is the, the butt plug yeah the butt plug <laughs> awesome it was the best. So this this was done with a company that I started, Future Grown Up and Lurk, and Lurk had helped me design this. And and similar to you, this was a really big goal for me too to make my own toy. toy that I was yeah, that it was that was really really cool. So I still I still owe you one for that, man. Okay. Yeah, I've I've made a couple of toys now, and it's um it is fun. Definitely don't make money off of them. <laughs> no, I learned that. I learned that. Yeah. 
I wouldn't change the, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have uh, changed the experience for anything, man. It was just fun. It's just fun to make things. And and create. That, yeah. And I'm making it, I'm making an album right now because of that. I'm making a trip hop album just because I like to make things. So I've been yeah. like, I've been laying down tracks and we're going to, um, I'm <laughs> going to get the lingo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, so what we're going to do, we're going to make this full album, probably like 12 songs. And each song, each song has a painting that goes with it. It'll come in a gatefold vinyl. And oh. like, there'll, be a, there'll be an art book in the vinyl. So when you listen to the song, you can look at the painting. And that's what the song goes with each different painting. That's I cool. swear we've talked about that before. That sounds so familiar. Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Unless we talk, maybe it's when you came over at Christmas, we might have talked about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, you know, just speaking of, just while we're on topic for this, sorry, man. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> the most interesting part about you by far is the fact that you are a licensed reverend yeah yeah i'm a, I'm a man of the cloth <laughs> <laughs> but not religious i'm a non-denominational reverend yeah and, and i have and i have my own church like church of lurk yeah nice yeah. yeah he baptizes people into the church of lurk and shit in the naimo river or whatever yeah well i can baptize you anyway man you got a bottle of water i'll baptize the shit out of you bro <laughs> <laughs> i don't give a fuck on that uh, note, it's just a testament though to your to your fun attitude towards just making things man yeah a, yeah just you had some dumb idea one day and you went fuck i'm gonna do that i just thought it'd be hilarious if i could become a reverend yeah uh. Yeah, and you can do it. Anybody can do it. It's super easy. It costs 120 bucks online. It's like it's not like you have to pass any course or anything. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah, well, the the diddling is optional. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're Catholic now. <laughs> so uh, anyway, on that note, we're gonna get going. But uh, Lurk, it was a real pleasure to have you on the show. I'm so glad that you made it, and uh, hopefully you'll come back again when uh, maybe in studio and. I'm going, to come, I'm going to come to the studio for sure because it's way better in the studio. Yeah, that would be amazing, man. And um, so anybody who wants to check out Lurk, it's Lurk Loves You, L-U-R-K, um, on Instagram. And uh, I'm sure you can find your way around Lurk's world once you get there. And um, we'll, have, uh, we'll have a description. Um, all that uh, links and good stuff, yeah. Description all that stuff. So please subscribe and like and hit the bell, do all the things. We appreciate you. So once again, thank you to our very special guest, the amazing Lurk. I'm Jamie Juiceper with Zach Menace. Thank you so much. Thanks, bro. Peace.